The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, it's Kevin and Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. Not a good week to be a DC fan as AT&T announced layoffs across their entire organization, hitting DC Comics particularly hard with 20% of the workforce out of work. DC Direct shut down the trade program absorbed into the monthly comics and Jim Lee trying to keep the fires at bay. It's a lot to talk about, so Stephen and I get into it, uh, as well as how that affects Marvel and how coronavirus affects everything. So let's talk to Stephen. So, uh, 2020 being what it is, this week uh, DC Comics was had a cannonball shot right through Weed. its face. Yeah, good lord. It was like 20%, is that what it was? 20%, yeah. Apparently, Layoffs. AT- apparently AT&T was, is like just cutting down the road, like Warner Brothers, everything. Uh, Kurt Busiek actually was posting on Twitter. Um, he was like, yeah, enough. Enough about books you don't like. That's not what this is about. What this is about is AT&T losing billions of dollars because there have been no movies in movie theaters for six months. Right. Yeah, this isn't... Um... Yeah, this is definitely, I think everyone keeps thinking like, oh, the economy must be doing fine because like uh, all the stock market is doing great. <laughs> but it's stock like- Stock market has nothing to do with people's money. Nothing to do with people's money. And no one's spending money on movies or comics right now. Right, yeah. I was it's in, crazy. I was, actually, I was actually in a comic store for the first time uh, since I was in New York. So the first time in about six weeks, I went to uh, Dark Tower Comics, which is in Lincoln Square. It's a great comic shop, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been there a handful of times, but it was like, it was like stepping back in time. I yeah. mean, they, they had the, the one new- that's on Western. Yeah, it's on um, Western. Like right off of Lawrence. Yes. Yeah. It's a, good, okay. it's a really good shop. I used to buy hero clicks from that guy. Oh, he still has a lot. He didn't have any omnibuses. Because yeah. uh, apparently my mission now is to get the Clone Saga omnibuses. You're insane. <laughs> I know. And I was going through all my comics going like, oh, I'll sell these off. Or maybe I'll just put these in storage. Um, I am talking to Mile Kai Comics, which is, you know, the biggest comic store. The biggest uh, in the world, probably for back yeah. issues. Maybe Midtown is a bigger uh, corporation. But I'm talking to them right now about selling off my Fantastic Four so. Oh, nice. They asked what I'm looking for. I'm like, here's what I'm looking for for my Jack Kirby's. Here's what I'm looking for my John Burns. Here's what I'm looking for for my Hickman's. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the process of that. But then I came across my Spider-Man's again. I was like, oh, Spider-Man. Yeah. (laughs) I had a revelation, by the way, um, which is probably dovetails nicely into DC being beat to hell, is I have not been in a Batman mood for a while. Yeah, because there's enough Batman shit going on in the world. (laughs) That's what it is. I was talking to my therapist about it, and I said, you know, I I'm really haven't been into Batman. I like I just want to read Spider Man. I don't want to read any Batman, and I I'm not sure why. I I still love Batman. I'm not over it, but I'm just I have no interest. And my therapist said, well, you know, with the world being as dark as it is, do you really want to spend more time in Gotham City? (laughs) 
Right, right. And I was like, <laughs> when no. America feels like Gotham City, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was like, yeah. no. I was like, I want to go to New York where I'm from, and I want superheroes to be funny. Right. <laughs> and I want all their supervillains to have multiple arms. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I've still been deep, deep into Spider-Man, but... That's the thing. I I feel like I haven't been as in touch with DC Comics as I usually am. Yeah, I uh, I mean DC always since I mean going on twelve or thirteen years. Well, yeah, if, with the since the new Fifty Two or whatever, it just feels like DC is getting like further and further and further away from me. It's just like it's like it's every year it's like less. There's less books I can find in the company that I like reading. It's like, I like all the characters still. I think yeah. the mythology is great, but it's like, I'm always, anytime I'm looking at DC, I'm looking at stuff from 15 years ago, 20 years ago or something. That's interesting. You know? I mean, and I mean, when you owned the store, the new 52 basically kept that store afloat. Yeah. I mean, with the new 52 basically uh, um, gave us a great, fall when typically fall when all the kids are going back to school is really bad time of year for comic book stores so the new 52 coming out in september did great for us in september october you know and through november and then you know then it was christmas time but the it just seems like the, they lost their way and they've been stumbling around like a drunkard ever since <laughs> and yeah. now it's like and then 20 percent of the people get laid off because at&t's just looking at them and be like why are we <laughs> Why are we making all these comic books when we're not making any money on it, you know? Yeah, AT&T doesn't quite understand DC's role as Warner Brothers did. The best Right. And Warner Brothers didn't understand it initially either. You know, no, Warner but... Brothers figured it out, but now AT&T needs it to explain to them. Yeah, Denny O'Neill once said, um, rest in peace. Denny O'Neill once said that uh, Warner Brothers considered DC Comics research and development. So it's yes. like, all right, we spend $50 million on this comic book publishing concern. But every 10 years, we make a billion dollars with a Batman movie. So, yeah, right. just keep giving us Batman stories. And, you know, maybe we'll make a Green Lantern movie. And it'll, it'll all pay for itself. AT&T has been much more looking at the bottom line. Because, I mean, they're not, a, they're not a media company. I mean, they're a communications company in the fact that they own Right. Film. But entertainment is going to be beyond them. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing. It's like, it's a, it's a learning curve. We're, and we're just kind of seeing it's like, uh, you know, it's frustrating because they're basically going to kneecap that company. Yeah. And they already are. I you mean, they, sh they shut DC direct down. Right. That was shocking. DC direct has existed for 23 years. They became DC collectibles at one point. They just went back to DC direct. They, um, they were doubling down on the animated figures. I mean, I feel like their business model's been shaky for a few years. Yeah. So does um, that mean is like the the and the bet Bruce Tim like animated figures that line's done. All of them are done. From what I am hearing, the first few waves have been produced, and they were like they had left China, so stores will get those, and then mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. Wow. In fact, they said, um, there's the the big thing you and I were talking about is Jim Lee came out to kind of do damage control. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the, the highest group. ranking uh, guy left. That well, they thought he was going to name. They thought he was going to lose his job. All of the I 90s, thought he was too. All the '90s Marvel people, like Bob Harris, Bobby Chase, they were all Rob Lobdell. Yeah, they they were they all got shown the door. Um, and there's two new 
editors who have really Marie Jabbins is one of them. Um, they have really good reputations. Jamal Igel, who's been on the show and who's a legend in the industry, is like, I yeah. really like Marie Jabbins. She deserves the job. Uh, Jim Lee it looked like was going to lose his job, but then they shifted his title. I believe now he now he's publisher. He was COO before, but. Jim Lee's whole interview felt very much like an executive doing damage control to me. What yes. did you think? I mean, yeah, I, I kind of felt the same thing where it's, you're reading it and he's saying the things you would say <laughs> if you lost 20% of the company, you know what I mean? It's right. Like, it's, it's always, I mean, I, I've been in the corporate world probably too long, but it's always, the executives always tell you why it's a good thing. And then they fire right. you. It's the positive spin. It's like, it's always it's, like, it's, oh, we're streamlining and we're going to yeah. focus on our core benefits. And, right. He's like, we're going to focus on international markets. And it's just like, and it's you like know, this executive told me he wants to spend more time with his family. Right. <laughs> it's so like, I, uh, I, I think there's a lot of spin in it. I, I think it's important for him to come out and kind of do this. You know, <laughs> it's like, I think a lot of people are looking around like, what the hell <laughs> did right. they do to the comics industry? In an already terrible year for comics industry. And they haven't had the best track record because, I mean, they already ditched Diamond. Right. That was earlier this year. which Didn't help them. Yeah. Coronavirus shut everybody down. Nobody's been publishing for months. Right. Uh, We're finally getting back to publishing. Uh, One of the things I found was interesting is that in that Jim Lee interview, he said um, they closed their trade program. They fired all, all the editors in charge of the trade program. And then they said, so you're not going to do trades anymore because trades are the biggest money maker. It's yeah. repurposed yeah, material. Yeah, they've you're already created they've already created that content. They give out a few royalties. They reprint it. They repackage it and they put it out. And he was like, no, now the editors of that book are in charge of doing the trades. And I was like, what if you're the fucking editor of Batman? You're trying to get that book out on time. Yeah. And then part of your week is, hey, did you put together the last six issues you did? Did you get that trade out? Like they're in charge of repackaging their own material. And then there's a lot of like um, rumors even coming from DC of like, oh, well, DC Direct, we'll still have a DC Direct, but well, we'll probably license stuff out more. So it's like, you're just going to put a DC Direct logo on a McFarlane toy now. Right. You know, and they said, oh, well, and with the older trades, maybe we'll just ask IDW to do them. Like, it's crazy. Well, IDW, <laughs> well, IDW does the artist edition. Scott Dumbier right. is a, a, an amazing editor who used to work at Marvel and DC and is great at that. And it sounds like they're just going to go, hey, IDW, um, they want another Neil Adams Batman book. You want to you do that? Yeah, they're, that's wild. They're taking less and less responsibility for these characters they own. Yeah, I mean, and there was even those crazy rumors that like they were going to lease their characters to Marvel and have Marvel publish DC Comics characters. That rumor has happened every I know years, and I don't understand sixties. I I think the, where that the, comes from. <laughs> no, the only um, the only credible threat of that was when Marvel was a very small company in the Silver Age. They were using DC to get distribution. Right. And that is why, and DC was like, you can have control how many books they could put out. Yeah. And that's why Iron Man and Captain America shared tales of suspense and Hulk and Namor shared tales to astonish. Doctor Strange and Nick Fury. Yeah. Journey into Mystery was Thor. And um, I forget who else was in Journey into Mystery. 
Thor yeah, I don't know. No. Maybe it was just like a Doctor Strange and Nick Fury book. Doctor Strange and Nick Fury were sharing strange tales. There were all these split books. And then in the 70s, when they got hold of their own distribution, that's when the line expanded and everyone got their own book. That's as close as it's ever come. But there was talk like before crisis that that was going to happen when Marvel was in bankruptcy. They talk about it happening. There's always the nerds who were like, there's going to be one comic book company. It's going to be everybody. Yeah. I mean, DC I don't know where that comes from. Like, why would they, you know, it's just such know. a strange rumor to get the actual I, theme that you see it every couple of years. I mean, DC did buy Charlton in the 80s. Because Blue Beetle, The Question, right? Captain but in the Adam. 80s, no one gave a shit about the Charlton characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they, they well, they just and they, wasn't uh, Spider Man and the X Men. No, and they rebuilt booted them all. And whether it's apocryphal or a rumor, um, there is a long-standing rumor that Watchmen was supposed to be the Charlton characters, and they are amalgams. They're all but, based on the Charlton. Yeah, the question is Rorschach. Night Owl right. is the Blue Beetle. Captain Adam is Doctor Manhattan. And the, the rumor is that Alan Moore was like, I've got a story for all your Charlton characters. And then brought it to Len Wein, who was editing it. It was like, you just killed all of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they, this can't be the Blue Beetle. We want a Blue Beetle book. And he's like, yeah, well, uh, Dr. Manhattan killed him. <laughs> yeah, now he's dead. <laughs> so uh, whether or not that is, whether it was inspired by, whether it was like a Galaxy Quest. Where he's like, oh no, like I, I want to do characters like the Charlton characters, or it was Charlton. That is one of the only times. DC also sued um, Shazam out of business. They sued Fawcett Comics out of business because Shazam was like Superman. Then they bought him and used him, and now they, then now they made a Shazam movie. Those fuckers. Right. <laughs> um, so that does happen, but that whole Marvel is going to own DC, DC is going to own Marvel, has been going back and forth for so long. The thing is, Warner Brothers isn't going to let these characters go because they are – DC is, is Burger King. Burger King is never going to sell out to McDonald's. Right. You know, the Batman movies alone. I mean, the Joker movie we got last year alone. That's what's crazy is, like, they're laying all these people off because, like, they just took all that money and ran. You know what I mean? It's like That's they don't have yeah. any money in their business – uh, you know, bank accounts or vaults. <laughs> no, well, that's that, that's America. I, we're in late stage capitalism where yeah. if you're not moving forward, you're falling behind. So the fact that, I mean, Disney's reporting losses. I'm like, Disney, you made $4 billion every single year. Right. It's like, like if you made $3 billion, you still have $3 billion, but they don't see it that way. They, they see it as like, we posted a loss. Therefore. Yeah, that's so, insane. Where we are now is like, oh, that means that 2,000 people have to lose their jobs. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad system. <laughs> it's a yeah. bad system that exploits the people that work for it and drains the resources of the earth to do it. Yeah, it's <laughs> horrifying. We're, and, and we're learning that as soon as you put it on pause for three months, it falls apart. Right. Maybe not worth saving. No, definitely not worth saving. Well, is what we have better? I don't know. I mean, we made this world where we can all sit in our house with technology and not go out. <laughs> yeah, oh, I did get a really cool mask today. I got oh, a face mask. Yeah, I got a great face mask that kind of like, it keeps the shape of the nose. And oh, then it has good. like the two valve like filters on the side. Mm. And I, I, I look like I'm in Cobra. That's awesome. <laughs> that makes me happy. 
And it also like, it clips like around the head. So you, you're not pulling it on your ears, but we are at the point where I'm like, I got the best face mask today, dude. It's complete dystopia. Yeah. It's like, um, people got to embrace it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've got to really lean into this. I was also in Quake Collectibles, which is, uh, Quake and Kapow Collectibles are these stores in Chicago where they pride themselves on having no organization whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, they're like, um, they always look like an earthquake just hit the building. <laughs> yeah, it's all action figures. It's just everywhere. It's bananas. But it's just everywhere. Like literally today I found a Palisades Muppet figure next to a Toy Biz X-Men next to the latest Star Wars Black. And right. they were all in the same peg. Like you were pushing them back. And and uh, But when we left, it was like, the guy's like, okay, it's this amount of money. Here's your change. Here's your hand sanitizer. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, because I'm touching 30 year old toys, the guy right. who had in their hands. Oh my god. Yeah, we're yeah. Yeah, those stores are interesting because it's always just kind of like uh, you can't ask the guy if he's got a specific item because he probably does, but he couldn't tell you where it is. Yeah, <laughs> no. I did ask him because Joe Fransom called me today and was like, he's on a rampage now where he last month he decided he was collecting. Batman the Animated Series. I was like, good luck to you. The company's yeah, out of business. Late to the party. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what he was like. He's like, you're going to kill me. Eight years you. ago. Yeah. Um, well, I, I saw him two months ago and he wasn't collecting them then. And we hit up every store in Long Island. And now he wants them. And I'm like, I'll ask. And the guy, but the guy knew right away. He was like, well, I got this Joker and I got this Batman. And I got this further. I'm like, no, I need the Santa Claus Joker. Because that's why he called me in a panic. He's like that one. I don't got. He did know he didn't have it. Yeah, but yeah, it was honestly it was nice to like walk around and go into stores. You had a face mask on. Um, it's the first time I've been to the city in a long, long time, and I was went into these just little boutiques in Lincoln Square, and they had numbers on the windows. They were like, "We can allow seven people in here," and they would have like a sign, and they would turn, they would have a sign that said "Come in," and then they would count people, and they turn around, and they'd be like, "Wait." Yeah. That's where we are. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's what the grocery stores that by us have been doing for a while. And wow. I think we're getting to the point where it's the um, – they're just going to shut everything down again. You know, cases are on the rise again. I think so. Think yeah. Kind of headed for another shutdown. Ameri- Americans aren't good at following the rules. So yeah, they're saying we're, what you we're get. doing worse than they did in the 1918s when it comes to like um, – not having the mask on, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like people refusing to wear masks. Is well, because like, you know, like everything else, we politicized it for one person's gain. And really the whole, the whole fight about not wearing a mask was that first week we were low on masks. Right, now they're everywhere. They're, yeah. they're used because to them every- just like laying in the ground in the trash now. <laughs> yeah, like they're everywhere. Well, everybody with a goddamn Etsy account just started stitching them. Right. So we have them all over the place. But of course, you know... Our president is such a terrible businessman that he spent three months making fun of masks when he could have fucking put Make America Great Again on masks and made <laughs> guys a, a dummy. $2,000 million. Right. Yeah. It's incredible that it's like, uh, that's so simple. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, it's like also his, idea of, duh, camp- his idea of campaigning is stealing mailboxes. We're at that point. Yeah. We are the stupidest country. Yeah, we really like are. The rest of the world is like, why do they have so much stuff? <laughs> they can't. Like we should we, be like we be responsible for this much. No, we're well. We obviously aren't. Yeah, 
I mean, we can't even we can't even control our own comic book characters anymore. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah. so so DC they still have all their characters. They're still publishing their own books. Yeah, Apparently, pe- everything that's been solicited will still be completed. The people that are working on the yes books haven't no. been told to oh, stop. No, yeah, Jim Lee said in the interview there has been no pencils down. But what I am hearing is a lot of the launches just aren't going to happen. And um, the one thing I'm wondering about is that Batcat series that Tom King's doing. Because that was supposed to be Batman a year ago, and then it got pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. It's a high-profile thing that'll make money, but maybe it's not going to happen now. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be shocked if something like that didn't come out. I think it's like a lot of the low-hanging fruit will be gone. They're not going to not put out a Batman book. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, and from what I heard, the Batman books are safe. I mean, Warren Ellis's book is coming out, and we've canceled Warren Ellis. Because, right. Because apparently Warren Ellis liked to become He's a... He's like man. a super creep. Yeah, well, basically he'd be, he would be a mentor to young college-age writers who would meet him at conventions. And apparently there were several conventions where he was taking hourly schedules Jesus. and never left his hotel room and there was just a parade of young hopefuls. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... A, a, Apparently the Batman's grave is still good. I read, read issue one. And I was like, okay, I'll read the trade and it's still coming out. They're not canceling that. No, you don't cancel Batman. Right. And that's the thing. I think it's like the Batman books will be safe. They it's, I'd worry more about like a book, like, um, um, uh, the, whatchamacallit, Adam Strange book, the Tom King, Adam Strange book. Yeah. Strange Adventures. Well, it's, it's like, not, that's, that's more I, apt to get canceled, but it's, it's a limited series like Mr. Miracle and it's already out. Isn't aren't the first few issues out? Yeah. I mean, it's on so issue three or four, it. but yeah, yeah it's, it's not. Well, if you cancel it, you don't have a trade and right. that's another source of revenue. Granted, you don't have people dedicated to producing those trades. Anymore. <laughs> right. Cause these idiots don't know well, how a comic book company or a comic book industry works. Yeah. I find, I find this era just so immensely fascinating of like, we can make action figures out of everybody, but they're going to cost 20 bucks and the company's going to fall apart. Right. Like 25 years ago, I was like, there's a Wolverine action figure. Well, I will go to Toys R Us and pay $5 and get one. Now there's 50 Wolverine figures. They cost $50 on this one website. Right. That's yeah, crazy. We're getting what we want and we're losing what we had at the same time. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like uh, trying to hold a, you know, a handful of water. You know, it's yeah. like you're going to hold out of so much. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, well, nobody has any hope anymore. Yeah. No, we like most people I talk to and I, I agree with them. Don't think we're getting out of quarantine in 2020. Like yeah, I mean, I'm about to hit. Certainly not. Yeah, and that's the big thing, is right, is that it's like uh, there's there's already going to be an influx of more cases on top of right, and we're getting worse. The regular cold and flu, right? It's like the things that it's like what's astonishing is that like people just don't seem to care about 160,000 dead Americans. It's they like, don't it's care. Unbelievable. They don't care if they don't know any of them. That's how selfish we are. Yeah. It's literally it's like crazy. how many pe- like how many stories do you read about of people dying of covid going I thought it was a hoax. Right. And it's like be- because we've been conditioned over the last 4 years is is don't believe anything you you see. I watched this documentary on Alex Jones and I'm like, "Wow, we just we just let 
the people that we kept in a box in the corner, we just let them run around. Don't now. Right. You know, and, and enough people listen to them. We're like, well, Alex Jones keeps saying the media is lying to me and they're turning the frogs gay. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, that's the thing. I don't understand how people get like sucked into this crap. I heard that that's the, that we're now electing, um, QAnon conspiracy theorists yeah. that some yeah. woman won a Republican primary. She's a going to run for the house, I guess. Well, it's like the, it's like the tea party. The tea party had that foothold and then right. they kind then they kind of beat each other up because they were like the tea party was, were, was like the democratic party where everyone had their own agenda and then they just ate each other. And now it's this whole QAnon. Right. And it's like, but they believe like crazy, you know, yeah. ludicrous conspiracy theories. And it's just well, like, well, well, how do you for- get to that point? Well, you get to that point when the president retweets doctors that are talking about demon sperm. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's That's unbelievable. Like I, when I was growing up in the 80s, that would be on a cassette tape. Somebody I knew, usually the weird kid who was interesting, would be like, hey, this guy talks about demon babies. He's hilarious. And then, right. and then it would be their boombox held up to a television. <laughs> yeah. And it would be like, wow, that, that guy's really nuts. And then yeah. you forget about it. Now that person, everyone, everyone has, has a radio same, show. <laughs> right. And everyone has the same vault or a YouTube channel where it's like, fuck right. it. I'm just posting on YouTube. Yeah. You and I have a podcast for eight years. Right, yeah, but it's like I we're not we're not crazy, but thing. nobody gave us this show. Listen. No one gave. Yeah. We found a network where we were already doing the show that was like, all right, you can do it on here. But they didn't even give us this show. Right, anyone, anyone can have a show. All you got to do is want to have a show. It's all it takes. And there's a and a lot of crazy people are so are very motivated. Yeah, what a mess. What a mess. What a mess. And you know, like and DC in the middle of it is just like is is just hey, we have the most well-known original superheroes in the world. Um, let's not treat them right. Right. You know, and I guess that's what's kind of frustrating is kind of seeing what this isn't, you know, if this the new distributor can kind of keep this chugging along, if they can run this company with you know 20 percent of the staff missing i'm just like i just can't imagine how they dig themselves out of this hole well they're not what everybody's hoping is that quarantine ends and then black widow comes out makes a billion dollars and everybody's going back to comic shops to get black widow stuff and then buys wonder woman yeah i do think like at some point we will get to that point where people will want to like go you know people already do want to but you know, instead of just back to normal, it's like people hopefully have more of a um, an interest in going out to a store and getting something versus buying something off Amazon just well, because they now appreciate the ability to go out into the world yeah. and go Although to the store. People but that'll probably wear off, you know. People really want to go out. Right. So. Yeah, it's... Oh my God, it's so... And that's the thing. I just can't imagine how a store survives until then and then it's like you know without the stores a lot of them don't what are these comic companies gonna do you know what i mean it's like it's one of those things that was very frustrating as a store owner is it's it always seemed like you know they'd have their neck on our throats and they would only take it off when they'd realize like oh i need these guys to survive they had their neck on your throat were you making out with them that's the only only position i can see someone with their neck neck. (laughs) foot on your neck you know what i meant (laughs) 
<laughs> very they had, intimate. They had my neck on my throat part. and they had their tongue yep. in my ear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have hope that reason will prevail. I do I do have hope that like Biden will win and enough people will breathe a sigh of relief. And that, that he'll just come in and go, come on, guys, this is fucking insane. Let's get rid of all this. And then everybody's like, okay. And yeah, the crazy people will yell, but they won't have support. And then I, we'll be able to put it back together. We're never going to get it back to what it was. It's like, which is the problem. Yeah, we've, that, we've, uh, I mean, Make America Great Again was built on a fallacy because it basically said, hey, it's going to be the 50s again. And you're going to be you're going to be able to sell coal and uh have a make three dollars a an hour and own a house and hate black people <laughs> it's just like that's never going to happen you know? yeah so we're gonna have to twisted. be this brave new world yeah it's definitely gonna have to look different i think i think it's nice to hear the 538 people or whatever the election prediction people said that Biden's going to win in like a landslide I this hope. other guy i saw him on the news he was some guy he's called every uh, election correct every presidential election correct going all the way back to i think reagan yeah uh, the only mistake he made is he said al gore beat george bush um but al gore did beat george bush you right. know what I mean? but it's gonna be it, it. and that and is gonna be that so, biden's gonna win it's gonna be so much fun when he refuses to leave and they have to pull him out of there so I know. Like, once he's not president like a, anymore his support's right. gonna drop and yeah there's gonna be people yelling about it but uh, Dana Gould had a really good quote on his last podcast. By the way, um, well, you know, we worship at the feet of Dana Gould. Dana Gould was on this podcast a couple of years ago, and the Dana Gould Hour is my favorite podcast. This week, he had uh, the two mad scientists from the original Mystery Science Theater, and they ended up talking politics the whole time. Oh, wow. And uh, he had... He, uh, he had the best quote about it. He was like, all of these guys that were anarchists and they needed to walk around with Uzis and go into like Starbucks and M16s because in case the government turned on them, well, now the government is grabbing people and throwing them into unmarked vans. Right. Where are these guys? Yeah, I know. It's crazy because you know, they're, ta they're taking the black people, <laughs> you know, or they're taking, they're, they're taking Black the, Lives Matter the, protests. The, they're taking the liberals. Yeah. Yeah. But That's it's also crazy. like these guys are cowardly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, what, uh, what kind of world do you live in that you think you need a, a gun and a giant machine gun? Yeah, yeah, that you have to carry around to like a Starbucks. It's like, how small must your wiener be? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's just crazy to think that these people have like, you know, can't feel, <laughs> they can't just go get a cup of coffee like a normal person. No, that's how their insecurity comes out. Yeah, it's crazy. My, my insecurity comes out with making lots and lots of jokes and recording them. <laughs> right, you have a lot of experience. And I, I tweet them, and then I talk to the, I talk to you, and make jokes, and then I put it out there. <laughs> that, that's how my insecurity comes out. It doesn't come out with a weapon. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. And I remember we talked about this years ago when there was another school shooting about how I hate guns. Like there is a um, close to the movie theater, which used to be open. There's a gun store. Yeah next to the movie theater we go to and I bristle every time because thinking like they're just selling guns but then but the hypocrisy of me is that I drive past that gun store and I'm like oh my god people are fucking buying guns right here this is horrible and then I drive a quarter of a mile I get out and I watch I watch people point guns at each other for two hours and think it's great right like we were talking about this I think Danny was on the show at one point and I was like 
I was like, I like War Machine. He's just a pile of guns. Yeah, it's like he's a suit of armor built with guns in it. It's just yeah, like, it's like with more guns than the, the regular armored superhero guy. It's like G.I. Joe just came back as Marvel Legends. Like they have Marvel Legends versions of G.I. Joes. Have you been getting them? I can't find them. You can't. Oh, they're, wow. they're sold out everywhere. And Joe Franz was even like, you get these? Cause, and then um, uh, Mike Kaplan, Mr. Waynes, he's like, I had them for about a day. They were great. And I'm like, all right, when they come back in again. And yeah. I grew up loving G.I. Joe. And G.I. Joe was one of my gateway drugs into comics because Larry Hammer was doing such a good job on the monthly that as I got older, I was like, well, if G.I. Joe is this good. And I was reading right. Indiana Jones and Star Wars too. And I was like, well, I, I, I like Spider-Man's Amazing Friends. What's the Spider-Man book like? And um, all my friends were telling me X-Men's good. Okay, I'll buy an X-Men. And then I was Marvel devoted. But I mean, G.I. Joe is built as... Well, the version of G.I. Joe that is being rebooted, G.I. Joe versus Cobra, which is an invention of Marvel Comics. Um, we told this story before, but Hasbro came in with, with the figures and said, hey, we can't afford a cartoon. Can you do a comic based on these guys? And they were like, what are their names? And they're like, I don't know. That guy's got a bazooka. And yeah. <laughs> that guy's got a parachute. Yeah. And they're like, and then Archie Goodwin said, who are the bad guys? And they were like, bad guys? Because G.I. Joe in the 60s was just like, Jungle Adventure G.I. Joe, like right. Alpine Mountain G.I. Joe. And they didn't even have separate characters. And they were like, no, we just took our 12-inch G.I. Joes and made them Star Wars size. And um, Archie Goodwin basically said, don't worry, we got it covered. And it was the genius of Archie Goodwin because Cobra is what made G.I. Joe work in the 80s. Um, when you look back at those original issues, you realize he just fucking shoved Hydra in there. <laughs> Well, that's what's crazy about G.I. Joe is like, you know, they came, they created all these super army guys and then showed up at Marvel and were like, can you draw a comic of this? And it's like, Marvel could have just pointed at Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos and be like, you mean these guys? It's the first, the, they're all the, the same guys. The first year of the G.I. Joe comic is, is Sergeant Fury's and Howling Commandos. It's yes, his Howling Command. it's mixed with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's because Age of Shield is more of a spy book than an army book. Right. But it's the Howling Commandos uh, transported it into Age of Shield. And that's the first year. The genius of it was when Hasbro had a hit on their hands and they had to fight against He-Man. And He-Man was just making monsters left and right. They just started making Cobra more and more monstrous. Where they were right. like, oh, okay. Well, this guy's a zombie. <laughs> yeah, they were like, the leader has a mirror face. And this yeah. guy can change his shape. And this guy's got a big metal head. And this girl's wearing glasses. <laughs> and this guy's got a cyborg arm. And, and it be, eventually became the army versus the Legion of Doom. Right. So it's like, I, it was like the, the B the B team, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's crazy. And, and I love Cobra guy. I love Cobra commander and Destro and Zartan and major blood and Baroness. I love all those characters and snake eyes was really cool. And there was storm shadow. And I bought all of those figures and they, they would stand beside my star Wars cause they were the same scale. Um, and I have s such a love for that. Whereas other things of that era, uh, like transformers, I was into about a, when I was 12 and then I was 13. I didn't care anymore. And there's people that adore Transformers to this day. I yeah. just not, haven't been that person. They've made like nine movies. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and G.I. Joe, when they did the 25th anniversary figures, I picked all those up. And I really want a Destro and I really want a Cobra Commander. But I'm like, it is based on this 80s military Rambo 
it was bit, which was, I mean, to get political, fuck it, the show's political now because that's the climate we live in. G.I. Joe it was, is clearly a product of the Reagan era of, uh, to justify the military spending. Right. Because we, you know, there was a cold <coughs> war with Russia, bless you, but Russia, you. Was, Russia was collapsing economically. And then when Gorbachev came in, he was like, ah, fuck all this, um, which kept Russia from completely imploding. But we didn't really have to build up an army against them. We had nuclear weapons. They had nuclear weapons. But we were the way we are today. We spend so much on military spending. That's bananas. That that it was an attempt to get people worked up about it. Of like, yay, G.I. Joe, you know? And that's when the uh, advertising agencies started to get into the army. Right. And even like, we don't even think about it anymore. It's like the military flyers or overs during like a football game. We didn't yeah. used to do that. They didn't used to play the anthem at the, right. at the games and stuff. You know, these we recruiters also, didn't used to go into high schools, you know, did, and like sign kids up. We didn't used to have cops and flak jackets and helmets, but the, we, right. well, we made so much. They just started giving the surplus to cops. I know. It's I like, mean, what, are, what do these cops need tanks for? No. Yeah. Cops used to walk around in a suit with a yeah. hat. Right, yeah, and they had a little stick and a little gun. Go watch Car Fifty Four. Where are you? If you want to see what cops look like right. in the fifties, it's crazy. The, yeah, and I mean, Judge was pure American propaganda, but because of Marvel, and this is one of the reasons I decided I learned to love Marvel. Marvel gave it that Stanley touch, right? And, like, and and you know, Snake Eyes had character arcs and. Uh, Storm Shadow was like the counterpoint of that and they were tied in, they had all this backstory and, and that kind of primed me for Marvel Comics. So I, re- I really do want to start picking up these Marvel Legends G.I. Joes, especially as people like Mike Kaplan and Joe Franzen go, these are great figures. Right. Uh, well, that's what's like, actually really nice about it is like I was really curious to see what they look like because the, the Marvel Legends are such like a quality figure. It's like, okay, what does that look like with G.I. Joe? Because when I got G.I. Joes, they were the same size, the quarter-inch Star Wars size. Yeah, right. And half the thing was, look at all these guns and equipment and everything yep. they come with. And they were really I mean? posable for the time. Right. So I'd be curious to see if all the equipment and everything, they're going to come with these guys. Yeah, and they do. They come with a ton of stuff and they have like uh, separate straps and the detail. And Mike was telling me like, this is going to definitely... This is going to impact how Marvel Legends are made. Right. It'll trickle in. It's like any trick they find that works great with G.I. Joe or Star Wars, yeah. they'll, they'll use in the other lines. Because this really has like. the same way that using the 3D printing technology on the Star Wars faces, they were like, well, let's just start doing it for Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. Or right. back when Marvel Legends first started and Toy Biz was doing it, they were doing Lord of the Rings. And you could see them influence each other where – the the robes and the sculpting and the texture of the layers of Marvel Legends got a lot better, and they started using soft capes because that's what they were doing on Lord of the Rings. And then all of a sudden, the Hobbit, the Hobbits were like being po- you could pose Frodo like Spider Man, yeah, <laughs> like, and they kind of just nudged each other and made, and up the quality. That's gonna happen with GI Joe. And as much as I love it as a kid, and I love the product Hasbro is doing now. Um, I don't want to fight for these figures because I'm like, do I want a fucking army guy that's holding an M16? Right. You know, the same way, like, do I want the Punisher again? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, that's another character, and we've talked about this before, is like the Punisher, where it's like the, the you, people are missing the point of the character, right? Is like he's supposed to be 
a tragic figure, but he's right. not a hero. You he's know an what I mean? It's like, yeah. right. He's an antihero. And you know, just because he's cool <laughs> or well, because he's like, you know, whatever this like obsession with like gun culture, you know, right. it's like the murderous superheroes are always going to be cooler than a guy like Captain America or Superman. Who's, well, you know, when uh, Chuck Dixon was on the podcast a few years ago, I asked him in the nineties, you were writing Batman and Punisher Warzone at the same time. And you had, this main character would never take a life and hated guns. And then this character who lived with guns. How did you resolve that in your own head, writing both those every month? And he said, the Punisher is the villain in his own book. Yeah. He's like, he's not, you're not supposed to identify with that character. He's the mon- he's the monster in the horror movie. Right. And, uh, but not everybody treats him like that. I mean, Garth Ennis did a great job of like everybody. The Punisher fights is worse than him. So it's yeah, just, I mean, I think that's the thing is like, uh, that's the run of the Punisher I always point to that if people are like, there is good of every character out there. Yeah, I, don't care I mean, yeah, and that run is, is Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon when they finish Preacher, which I still think is the best book of the decade. Right. So the, the, and then even though the artisan changes through the main book, Garth Ennis stays on, but it's like he writes these like gruesome stories, but they're like perfect six issue yeah. story arcs pacing everything it's like this is why it's like i always got frustrated with any time they tried to adapt the punishers like there's 12 seasons of the punisher ready to go just adapt the marvel max series that garth ennis wrote right you know i mean it's like it's all there. And, they, and they would try like the punisher war zone had like little touches but it didn't go that far and the netflix series netflix series, i was just talking about that season one i thought was good season two i didn't like it at all yeah i i i didn't mind punisher and daredevil but then the, the Netflix thing at the end, because that everything fell apart and you could kind of see it coming, I gave up on everything. Yeah, but well, I didn't you, mind Punisher. You and see the that Daredevil. Marvel just let go at that point. They were like, we got Disney Plus coming. Fuck you. Right, yeah, they weren't interested in continuing. Yeah. But Punisher and Daredevil I like because it's, cause he's a good villain for Daredevil, right? It's like Punisher's yeah. like bullseye. He makes like for a good visual, he's a good villain for Daredevil to fight. Honestly, honestly like, Punisher in his own show is like too much Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Little too much guns, too much blood, too much macho, uh, you know, tough guy stuff. I'm like... That's the problem I have with Deadpool is I can never read Deadpool as a monthly. I would, I, I love, I love Deadpool as a character. I think the two movies are fantastic. And I, I love Spider-Man Deadpool. I just bought the hardcover of Spider-Man Deadpool because it's Joe Kelly and Ed McGuinness drawing right. Spider-Man and Deadpool. Um, but there's so many Deadpool books and I, like there used to be so many Punisher books. And I'm like, I, I just, I can't care about this character this much. Right. It's like they stick them on every team. It's like, uh, you know, they basically do to Deadpool what they've done with Wolverine, where it's just like complete overexposure to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm reading the, uh, the Wolverine omnibus that used to be yours. <laughs> and, oh, the original one, yeah. Uh, right. And it's just nice to read Wolverine at a time when he wasn't this like overpowered, ridiculous, unkillable, you know, godlike Those issues, it was a novelty. It's like, wait, this is just Wolverine? Because right. he only existed in the X-Men. He wasn't guest starring in everybody else's book. Right. And this starts that, you know, they do the guest spot and he shows up in a Captain America annual that Mike Zeck drew. And then yeah, he's going to be in the team one, yeah. up book with Spider-Man. One of the Mike Zeck's best works. I remember buying that randomly as a kid. Just that cover, that cover of that like- cover, yeah. Wolverine, Wolverine slashing the shield. And that sparks are flying everywhere. I remember, I remember being in a comic store. The very few times I could get to a comic store in the 80s, I was like, Oh, I got to find out what happened there. Yeah. Those were the two comic covers I remember from a kid. That one 
and the one um i think it's also a captain america issue but it's captain america black widow and wolverine on the cover that jim lee oh no that's an x-men yeah that's x-men yeah uh i remember those two comics like from like crystal clear from in fact um scott dunbier who we mentioned uh who does the artist edition idw yeah just posted on facebook they're working on a jim lee x-men artist edition Oh wow! He, he found that original. It's gonna be in the book. Yeah, that's cool. He like he went on Facebook like, "Hey, look what we just found." And I was like, "Ah!" Oh. And he's like, "He's like, you think we have enough pages to squeeze this in?" And I'm like, "Oh my, that's the cover." Yeah, right. <laughs> you'll be fine. It'll yeah. you'll figure it out. They did an episode of the '90s cartoon of that. At the end, they just had an episode of Wolverine and Captain America because of that cover. Oh, yeah, I do remember they had the issue as like a flashback one. That yeah. last season of that X-Men show is just wonky. <laughs> it's so wonky. It's they crazy. sent it to another animation studio. I think I stopped watching it by that point. But yeah. Yeah, it doesn't even fit. It's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. What a weird so show. What, so to wrap up with DC, uh, I think one of the things we were, we've been talking about, and I've noticed this about not only our podcast, but just the way it's going, um, I I love comics, but what I really love is superheroes. If comics shrink, if comics start to disappear, I don't worry about the health of superheroes. There's just they're in every single media. There's a fucking Wolverine podcast. Yeah. Like superheroes just exist. What do you think what do you think DC looks like in the next year? I mean, I don't know. I, I think it will it's gonna we won't know in the next year because it's going to take them the next year to find their, their way. I think the next year is going to be a lot of uh, people trying to figure out what they're going to be able to accomplish with that much of a reduction in their staff. You know, it's like, are they going to focus more on like original graphic novels or reprinting classic stuff? I don't think these editors can have time to do both. Do you know what I mean? I think it's we're going to get, like, I think we're going to get less reprinting classic stuff because they're right. They're expecting IGW to step in. And other right. companies to step in and do that kind of and stuff. And then maybe that'll happen, but that might be a good thing. You know, IDW does a great job with those uh, artist editions. Maybe we'll get a really nice line of DC omnibuses or collected editions of things that have been out of print for so long. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't think the monthly will go away because I think the investment cost is lower. They've been, they've been trying to push us to comiXology for a while, and I get it. Um, I did find out recently... I can't read comicsology in bed anymore because the light, the blue light keeps me awake. Mm. And I've had it. I've had this happen a few times where I was reading like some new issues of Spider-Man that I had downloaded and then I'm up till two, but then I pull out a Marvel masterworks and I get about 10 pages in and I'm asleep. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Digital doesn't solve all our problems, right. but I do think, I do think the common person isn't interested in paying $4 for 20 pages. Yeah, but, I mean, I think that's going to get it be, to be a harder and harder sell. Yeah, uh, but, but they said, they mentioned in the article that the DC Black Label was on the chopping block because as much as they've made money with like the, the Brian Azzarello Joker stuff, but they got a lot of bad press for Batman Damned. And it was a $7. The Batwiener thing? Yeah, and it, was, and it was a $7 book on shelves. Yeah. Like when it's, when it's the newest issue... When it's like the variant cover of Joker and Batgirl, which we talked about that time with Elliot. Right. Like, yeah, that's a $3 book. Next month we'll have something else on the shelf. 
it's like there's less of a commitment for a fuck up. Right. Like there's too, there is too much. It's like when a movie bombs. I mean, um, you know, this is kind of funny. August 28th, the end of the month, they have announced is the release date of New Mutants. And I'm like, well, if you really want to dump a movie. Wait, the release of New Mutants where? Yeah, dump movie theaters say they're going to open. Okay, I'm like, sure. I'm like, just jump in one movie theaters. Are gonna, nobody gives a shit. The same day, I saw the trailer for Bill and Ted 3, and they said, coming August 28th. And I went, you goddamn right, you can't hold that movie back. Right. <laughs> and it's literally just because I want to see Bill and Ted 3. I don't want to see New Mutants. And on a personal note on how the episode ended, I have one of those switches in my apartment that is a wall outlet that controls the outlet. So if you turn a lamp, uh, plug a lamp into it, you can turn the lamp on and off from the wall outlet. I have my router plugged into that. And if you're seven and want the lights on in the middle of a podcast, you turn off the internet. So if you want to follow Steven, you can follow him at the Brave Butter Pecan on Instagram. You can follow me at Not On My Book on Instagram and Twitter. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash caffeinated comics, where we post all the news that's going on. And if you want to listen to the show, there are plenty of ways to do it. You can subscribe to us on Spotify and Stitcher and iTunes, or you can go to RadioMisfits.com, click on the Lifestyle tab, and with there with a lot of our friends who are doing a lot of great podcasts, you can just keep clicking around. And not only can you hear all of the episodes we've recorded over the last few years, but you can find a lot of other great podcasts too. We will talk to you next week.